it's that time again. Time for the Go I.O. Go podcast. Podcast number eight. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And I'm joined by the esteemed publisher of Go I.O. Go, Ian McMacken. Well, they're back. The crowd's back. Ian, how you doing? Doing great, Jeff. Hope you've had a great week. Oh, I have. Uh, despite the um, despite the outcome last Friday, uh, I have survived, and I'm ready and uh, looking forward to the battle with the sheep. So, um, you know, it's Sheep Week, and um, in honor of Sheep Week, let me play this. Oops, stop that, guys. Uh, that was sheep shearing, <clears throat> so uh, I just thought we'd, we'd, we'd better have that. Um, That's a good way to get the border war uh, weekend going, a little sheep shearing. Yep. And it was uh, well thought of by you, Jeff. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, I thought we needed something special to start this off. Uh, I tell you what, why don't we um, why don't we go into the play by play first and uh, get this EMU game out of the way? I did a, a five minute um, play by play using uh, Dave Walsh's radio calls. Compliments of Dave Walsh and Learfield Sports, by the way. We want to thank those guys. So why don't I play that first? The Wyoming Cowboys traveled to Ypsilanti, Michigan to face the Eastern Michigan Eagles this past Friday. Our thanks go out to Dave Walsh, the voice of the Cowboys, and Learfield Sports for allowing us to use radio broadcast highlights of the game. The Cowboys opened the scoring on the Eagles' first possession when safety Marcus Epps intercepted a Todd Porter pass at the Wyoming 34 and running it in for the score. Third and eight. Porter takes the snap. Oh, under pressure. Flips it over the middle. It's picked off. It's intercepted. The Cowboys have picked it and running back with it is Marcus Epps. Epps will take it in for a touchdown. The extra point was good, and the folks lead the Eagles 7-0 with 7.24 remaining in the first quarter. The Eagles answered on their next possession with a field goal from the Wyoming 46 to make the score Wyoming 7, Eastern Michigan 3, with 5.40 remaining in the first quarter. The Cowboys got the ball back with 2 minutes and 25 seconds remaining when quarterback Antonio Hall intercepted EMU quarterback Todd Porter at the Wyoming 30-yard line. Turner stays in the backfield, but Porter wants to throw, looks to his left. This is intercepted. This is picked off by Antonio Hall. Hull is going to be knocked out of bounds right in front of the Cowboy bench. Seven plays later, the Cowboys added to their lead with 48-yard field goal attempt by Cooper Roth with 12 seconds remaining in the quarter, giving the Pokes a 10-3 lead at the end of the first quarter. Wyoming's Marcus Epp gets his second interception of the evening at the 13-21 mark in the second quarter. From the right side to the left side of the formation, looking left is Porter, now throws down, fail, and this oh. one is going to be picked off. 
Intercepted by Marcus Epps. He gets his second pick here in the first half. The Cowboys scored again in the second quarter with nine minutes and five seconds remaining after going 11 plays in 70 yards, capped off by a five-yard TD run by junior running back Brian Hill, extending the Cowboys' lead to 17-3. to Cowboys have it first and goal at the five. Hill, the deep back in the eye. They'll give it to Hill. He's at the line of scrimmage, plows forward, and he is in. Touchdown, Cowboys. The Eagles took three plays to answer, capped off by a 50-yard run by Breck Turner. After the extra point, the Eagles cut Wyoming's lead to 17-10 with seven minutes and 49 seconds remaining in the second quarter. EMU just took five plays to tie the score 17-17 with just 18 seconds remaining in the first half on a seven-yard scoring run by Eagles quarterback Todd Porter. In the second half, the Eagles grabbed the lead for the first time in the game with eight minutes and 46 seconds remaining in the third quarter with a 29-yard field goal from the Wyoming 19. EMU had taken 14 plays and ate up 6 minutes and 14 seconds in the scoring drive, giving the Eagles a 20-17 lead. Wyoming's Josh Allen nearly got the pokes on the board late in the third quarter after a 7-play drive got the ball to the EMU 6. Allen was stopped on the next play on the half-yard line with 4th and goal. An untimely false start by the pokes put the ball back on the 6-yard line. Wyoming attempted a field goal, but that was blocked with just 59 seconds in the third quarter remaining. In the fourth quarter, Wyoming regained the lead with an interception and touchdown by Casper Wyoming's own Logan Wilson, giving the folks the lead 24-20 after a Cooper Roth extra point with 12 minutes and 45 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. Back in the shotgun, takes the snap, pays the throw, has time, has a lot of time. Now under pressure, picked, gonna be picked off. This is intercepted and running it back for a touchdown. Logan Wilson, the Cowboys' weak side linebacker, with the score. Wyoming had the lead with four minutes and ten seconds remaining in the game. They take over the ball and go three and out and then are forced to punt the ball back to the Eagles with two minutes and 37 seconds remaining in the contest. The Eagles just take five plays to regain the lead 27 to 24 with one minute and 35 seconds remaining in the game. Wyoming's Joss Allen was intercepted for the second time on their next possession, putting the game out of reach. EMU wins the game 27 to 24, leaving Wyoming at two wins and two losses for the season. Well, Ian, that's the uh, that's the recap of the game. Uh, very, very disappointing outcome. Yeah, I think it was a disappointing outcome. Uh, if the game really had on the calendar uh, circled or the schedule circled to win the game, and just the way the Wyoming lost the game was very disappointing. They jumped out to the seventeen to seven lead and uh, blew that lead, and then they really had their chances to win that game in the fourth quarter, and especially after looking making some big plays in the secondary on defense uh, with touchdowns and setting up touchdowns with inter- four interceptions for the game and still not being able to win this game. And I really think the key, the big of this game, and really the key for the Cowboys going forward 
against Colorado State and into the future of the schedule and the future years of this program, they have to be able to run the football consistently. And when they got up 17-7, really had a chance to extend the lead out, they had the momentum. They just weren't able to run the ball up to the level, uh, especially with a talented running back like Brian Hill that they wanted to do. Yeah, Bull uh, talked about that. Uh, that was a big discussion about uh, the defense, or excuse me, the offensive line was having problems with uh, a pretty significantly sized uh, defensive front that the uh, Eagles had. Uh, he's also said that uh, Eagles weren't as bad as a lot of people assume. They had been much improved from last year. So uh, it was pretty disappointing, though, that the Cowboys couldn't handle them. Well, Eastern Michigan, I, I do believe, is an improved football team, and I believe the Wyoming Cowboys are an improved football team, an improved program. Uh, still with a young program, I think definitely the trajectory of this program is heading the right direction. And um, uh, Eastern Michigan was certainly an improved football team. It doesn't stop the disappointment of the loss uh, versus Eastern Michigan on Friday, but for fans to get in that uh, deep doom and gloom scenario with this program now because of the one football game I think is a little ridiculous but um, we did play a, a much improved team for sure. Well Bowen in his Monday press conference talked about the quality of the EMU team. You know it's their third year also um, uh, their talent level has improved they're playing I, th- I, I thought defensively they were much sounder this year than last year. I, I looked at the coaches, some of the coaches that they had that were coaching those guys. There's some really seasoned veteran coaches that were out there and they had their guys strategically placed better and they played harder. And um, you know what? They, they were two and one like us. And so I think some of the, some of the uh, broad brush that people were painting, that's EMU, that's EMU. I think they're an improved football team. And for us to go, uh, in there, we were going to need to play not an outer body experience, but we we're going to need to play pretty clean. And you know, we didn't. I and mean, we you, you turned the ball over three times. Um, now, how far they go this year, I don't know. But they're three and one, and we're two and two. And Chris was excited about the win. He was excited about the trajectory of their program. Um, you know, we need to take a look at it and say. Uh, let's throw out everything. How can we learn from our experiences in this game to get better? I'm still convinced that we're an improved football team and we need to take another step forward this week. And that's why, as I said, uh, you know, you, you don't want one team to beat you twice. And so we've got to look at the game tape and say we got to improve here to here to here. Uh, and I think Eastern Michigan is going to win some more games. So, uh, Coach Bowl, uh Seconding what uh, what you were discussing about, uh, why don't we listen to his inv- his review of the entire game? A couple comments about uh, our ball game against Eastern Michigan. It was certainly a hard fought game, close game that we had anticipated. Uh, we're disappointed in the loss. Uh, there were some some positive things that happened during the course of the game. Um, he intercepted. Uh, quarterback four times two of them we were able to return back for uh pick sixes which is always hard to do so that was positive and we were able to come up with a fourth down stop at midfield which is a turnover on downs so you know those things are positive i thought we got some uh, good uh, pressure out of a four-man rush and anytime you start to generate better pressure 
without blitzing. Uh, that's a positive thing. Thought we had a, a fair number of big plays in the passing game, which was positive. Um, certainly, there's um, you know areas of improvement, and that was a lost opportunity for a win on the road, and so we're disappointed with that. I think uh, you know we had the uh, lack of ability to rush the football from the tailback position, and uh, we've got to address that. Uh, we were three for 13 on third down, did not stay on the field. The time of possession was tilted in Eastern Michigan's favor. Now, some of that can be attributed to any time you have a pick six, you're going right back out on the field. But nonetheless, we need to stay on the field uh, much longer. We had three turnovers, and to beat a team on the road uh, like that, uh, we've got to be cleaner in that. Uh, we need to convert in the red zone. Obviously, uh, you know, when you're fourth in the foot and you don't convert, that's a huge uh, a disappointment. So we've got to improve on that. Um, I think. Uh, we need to be able to stay on the field and ice the game out too. You know, our offense is a ball-controlled, time possession-controlled uh, offense, and so for us to be able to ice the game out, uh, we didn't do that. And uh, I think we need to improve in the kicking game. They had, uh, you know, basically I thought we lost the kicking game, and uh, there was several kickoff returns that came back to close to midfield. So we need to address those situations. So that game's in the book. I think we're going to learn from it. Uh, it. It was going to be a, uh, a winnable game, but I knew going in it was going to be a challenging game. They were both two and ones. I, I need to bear this in mind. Every year is a new year, but last year when we played Eastern Michigan, as you know, it was 35 to seven at halftime at home, and so uh, it was a competitive game. But we got to take steps uh, to move our program forward. So that was Coach Bull uh, summing up his uh, review of the EMU game. Uh, and again, he's hit many of the points that we've discussed over the week. Uh, what uh, what happened to that team? Uh, I think that uh, third down possessions, uh, being able to get that team off the field was a problem. Uh, too much time, uh, the defense had to spend too much time on the field. So, you know, there's some um, somewhat setbacks, I would think, uh, from the previous game. Well, I think there's uh, certainly areas that need to be improved, and that's a part of the coaching process and growth of the program. So we need to be hopeful that the coaching staff will clean up some of these areas because if some of these areas can get cleaned up and improved on, we can assume uh, that this football team is going to be better. And going into Colorado State, uh, let's hope a few of these areas, uh, you know, end up improving, and one of them is they got to be able to run that football more effectively. I believe that offensive line has the capability. We have capable running backs, and boy, when you start running the football well and playing good defense and not having so many breakdowns on defense, because at times the defense has played well and they look good and they made some big plays with interceptions and touchdown returns, but then they give up a big play in crucial parts of the game, so you start cleaning some of those areas up it can really make a big difference in in the outcome of the score. That's true. And and Bo was asked about improving the running game because, you know, that was a big theme, a, a big question that uh, the reporters were asking him. Let's listen to his response. Uh, we need to, we, we, yeah, it's needs, we need to stay on blocks. We need to finish off blocks. Uh, the majority of the, the plays that were defended by Eastern Michigan had nothing to do. You can, you can scheme things. It's a chess match out there. You can play quarters coverage and spin your safeties down, and there's going to be a free hitter there. Uh, and when people do that, then you can you can run routes that are going to expose that. 
Um, but if you're not maintaining blocks on the lines of scrimmage by uh, one of your players up front, you can X and O all you want to. Those guys have got to maintain their blocks and finish those things off. We're going to work hard on that this week. So there you go. He's talking about the blocking schemes that uh, really affect the running game. And uh, so that is something that uh, I'm sure they're going to work on this week. Yeah, I think there's going to be a big emphasis on getting that running game going because it's going to be very important for these upcoming football games. And I think um, there's definitely a disappointment. You feel a disappointment with the coaching staff and the coach bowl that they haven't been able to run the football a little bit more effectively throughout some of these earlier games, including last week. So kind of get a feeling this week the Cowboys are really going to put a big focus on getting that running game going. Now, uh, one of the reporters was asking uh, Coach Bowl uh, about the offensive game uh, game plan and uh, his uh, feelings about uh, how Coach Vegan was calling that, which you know plays into uh, plays into uh, how they plan the game. Uh, listen to how uh, Bowl responded to that. Well, I want to be real clear. Brent Vegan and I have worked together for. Uh, Oh my goodness, 14 years, and uh, he's he's the same guy that uh, uh, directed an offense to go down and and uh, take a nine-minute drive against Kansas State and uh, win three national championships, and uh, he's the same guy who molded Carson Wentz. So I think you've got a pretty good uh, understanding of my feelings about Brent. Uh, now, certainly, every time you go out on the field, Dino. Uh, you're striving for perfection, and when you underachieve, you, it gives you a chance to to look at things and make them better. And so, um, am I happy with our performance? Uh, no, I'm not happy with it. Neither is Brent. Uh, but I've got full confidence that we're going to make improvement, and uh, Brent's going to um, come up with a game plan. Am I involved? Yeah, I'm involved. I'm involved in the kicking game. I'm involved in the offense. I'm involved in the defense, and I'm involved in recruiting. And I'm involved in the whole shooting match. So you're not going to see me be one of those coaches that just starts pointing fingers. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm on the headsets. Now, do I make calls? Uh, I know this. You know, I spent 18 years as a defensive coordinator. I know what it's like to sit in a room till 3 o'clock in the morning and go through every cut-up, every play, and script, every script of practice. And I also know what it's like to have somebody in my ear saying, why'd you call this? Why'd you call this? Why'd you call that? So in the middle of the game, I manage the game, but I don't micromanage our coordinators. Uh, and any head coach that I've been around that is good doesn't. I worked for Tom Osborne, and he called our offensive plays, but he never micromanaged our defensive co coordinator. And so that's my stance. I'm not going to change. I understand your question. That's a legitimate question. So, uh, Bo was quite pointed uh, on that point that uh, uh, he has all faith and confidence in uh, Coach Vegan, and uh, uh, I I would support him on that effort. Yeah, I think the the big question is, you know, uh, execution is the big is it execution or does the play calling need to be better? This is always the debate that goes on the board after after games through the years and I think execution is a big part of it these players the offensive line needs to start executing their blocks as coach Bull said in the former clip um at times maybe we need to be a little bit more creative at uh, points of the game when that running game's not going 
Um, and I really think once that running game can start going to that level and Brian Hill starts breaking off these long runs, which will happen, it's going to make Coach Beejan look a lot better as a play caller. Well, you know, he pointed out that uh, uh, Coach Beejan uh, uh, had engineered uh, uh, several victories back in North Dakota State, especially the famous one, uh, the last minute or the last drive against uh, Kansas State. Uh, so, you know, those things are, um, uh, uh, point to, and, and obviously what I, another thing I want to say is obviously Bowl has a lot of uh, faith and trust in him. Uh, now he was also asked about the diversity of his offense and here's how Bowl responded. I think this, our offense should be able to run the ball better than it has. Um, and the other thing you got to look and say, okay, how much do you want to expose your quarterback? Josh has got the ability to run. But how many times you want to put him at risk when you get into, uh, say, like a, an offense like Northern Illinois has, who lost their quarterback. And so we're, we're taking a measured approach there. Uh, I, I, I do believe this, though. Um, for us to be successful in this style of offense, we need to run the ball better than what we are. I think we have the ability to throw the ball. I think we have the ability to throw the ball downfield well. Um, how many times we want to... Um, do that though I think we'll get outside of our how our framework is we start throwing the ball 60 times a game but I think we have to take a look and say all right if we're having a hard time on some interior runs where else do we take the football they're really no what you're bringing up they're fair questions uh and and like I said I've got uh and I'm being straightforward and honest with you as far as how I see things but I got yeah we're two and two uh, it's always amazing to me. People will criticize the play. Well, you're really opening up the offense. Uh, I learned this a long time ago when I was tech in Texas. Uh, people uh, in Texas think they know about two things. They know how to coach little league and know how to call offensive plays. Um, that's a fact. Uh, open up the playbook. You run the same plays when they work and they score a touchdown. You're opening up the playbook. It's the same dang plays that we called the week before. So. Good question. Hopefully I've given you a straightforward answer. So Bo was quite pointed on that, that, um, uh, you know, being uh, the offense can seem um, more diverse when you win and it might not seem so diverse when you lose. Yeah, I think uh, that's the big part of it. I think the fans are not to criticize the fans because they have a right to watch, watch the games and they're paying the tickets and giving money to the football program and such, but they're not in that everyday nuance of what things are going on. And sometimes from the stands, things are going to look a little different when you are running the football well and you're starting to execute well. We have to keep in mind this is still a young football team that is developing. What Coach Bull said in that previous cut about, you know, his ability of Josh Allen, great upside, still a young football team, the offensive line developing. Um, I think the best uh, days are ahead for this offense as we move forward. I think you're right, too. Now, the the other aspect of the game that came up uh, towards the end of the press conference was a little discussion about uh, the protesters. You remember watching the TV, uh, you know, they had uh, a protest going on, and they allowed those um, students to uh, come onto the field and then eventually... um, uh, come to the side of the field, and then at the very end of the game, they came on to the field. And uh, he was asked, uh, Coach Bowl was asked about that, and uh, he had uh, 
some fairly pointed comments about it. Not one about protests. What what occurred at the end of the game, uh, we were kept abreast of some of the events during the course of the game. And uh, the information that I had was that there could be potential protests. Those were going to be outside the stadium. And that, uh, you know, our football team was going to have an opportunity to play a game and then exit the field after the game. Uh, that didn't happen. I wish it would have been able to happen, uh, but it didn't. And uh, so, you know, um, that's the only thing I can say about that, you know. You probably doesn't answer maybe what you're really trying to get well, at, but that's, but that's 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 uh, that's my answer. Yeah, that was an uh, an unfortunate thing, but uh, obviously there was a situation at EMU, uh, uh, a poor situation uh, uh, with uh, some graffiti, some racial graffiti spread on, uh, written on campus, and students taking uh, exception to that, which is their right, and so. Um, I think the the thing that Bowl was was most most uh, upset about was that he was told that the uh, protest wouldn't affect the game or you know wouldn't have any uh, effect on his players, and then they ended up being right in the middle of a bunch of people that came onto the field. So uh, there was obviously a concern for the the players' safety. Yeah, it's a volatile situation. It could have been a very volatile situation. Uh, based on the political climate today across the United States, and when you see those type of things happen, you know, you begin to worry what's what's going to happen in this situation as those protests move closer and closer to the field. Fortunately, uh, nothing drastic uh, happened, and uh, everybody got off, off the field safely. I don't know how much of a distraction was actually for the Cowboys. Um, it could have been distraction for both teams. It would just been an excuse. Uh, for the loss, if somebody used used that as a situation and why Wyoming didn't perform as well, but that was a very interesting night sitting sitting watching that thing on TV and starting to see that evolve during the course of the game. Well, yeah, it uh, you certainly can't say that uh, that affected the team so much that that's the reason why they lost. I mean, that would be that would be very poor to say that uh, Wyoming didn't. Well, I, I... Go ahead. Yeah, I appreciate Coach Bull not using that as an excuse, too big of an excuse. I'm really, I appreciate him being a strong leader for the program and just moving on. You know, now he's focusing on Colorado State, trying to make this football program better. And it's very important for a leader to set set the right tone in a situation like that. And I agree. And I guess it's that time now. Let's just let's just close the door on this game. All right. Let's do it again. Let's let's make sure that door is closed. Okay, it's over. Now, we've discussed it before. It's Sheep Week, and i got to play this again. Yep, it's that time. It's Sheep Week. We're going to share us some sheep, I hope. Uh, I tell you what, uh, Bowl talked about his CSU preview in his press, press conference. Uh, concerning the CSU game, it's a big ball game, obviously for the bronze boot and uh, storied history there. Uh, the health of our football team is excellent. Uh, we will have Robert Priester back uh, this week as well. Uh, I think they're an improving football team. You know, the, the, the game that they started out with against CU is not indicative of their football team right now. 
Uh, Colin Hill has uh, played excellent at quarterback. He started the last two games. He's a freshman that's 6'5", 210. He's got a, a, a really good arm, and he's mobile. And I think he's putting the ball where it needs to be. He's also a tough guy. You know, as you watched him against the University of Minnesota, Minnesota got after him. I mean, a couple really hard hits, and he bounced right back up. And so I saw a competitive nature there. Um, and so we need to uh, – uh, you know, do a good job against him. They've got an excellent kicking game. Their place kicker's an excellent uh, place kicker. You know, when I, when we look at them, um, they're big and strong up front. They're, they're going to outsize us. And last year, I know they had their way with us physically up front. So we need to, uh, we need to go ahead and uh, be better prepared from that standpoint. So a big ball game. Uh, we've got to be able to bounce back. Um, you know, there's an old adage in coaching, never let one team beat you twice. Uh, that's more easily said than done, particularly when you have a young football team. But we need to uh, to get refocused, and we'll go out and practice uh, early this evening and get ourselves ready for the Rams. Yeah, that was earlier in the week on Monday. Uh, the uh, the fact that CSU is really big on the offense and defensive line gives me some pause. I really hope uh, that our guys can handle that. Yeah, CSU is a, a team really program that's been built to be the type of program that wants to establish a run very similar to Wyoming and on defense stop the run. And against Minnesota, watching this Minnesota, I thought they were fairly sturdy against a lower-level Big Ten team, granted. But I thought they were pretty sturdy. And they did show that capability with that offensive line to, you know, that could push Wyoming. Wyoming's been fairly good against the run game this year, and they're really going to have to do a good job controlling the run game against CSU. But I do tend to agree with you a little bit. Uh, the, the main concern here is that is Wyoming going to be able to consistently control both sides of the ball or at least a, a stay level with CSU during the football game? Yeah, they uh, well, they're not the exact same team that they were when they opened the season against CU, and they kind of got blasted there. Uh, they did get blasted by uh, CU in that game. Uh, now they have a freshman, and it started off as a third-string quarterback. Now they have a freshman uh, running uh, their team, and uh, he's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Allen. He's uh, mobile. He's got an arm, and uh, he's tough. So uh, uh, Cowboys are going to have their uh, their work cut out for him on this game. Yeah, I think. Uh... CSU, the, the new quarterback they have has performed pretty well. He looked pretty good against Minnesota. Being a young quarterback like he is, he actually stepped up and looked like he had some plays. So it'll be interested, resting to see if he actually can continue that against Wyoming. My suspicion would be yes. I think he's going to. Wyoming can't expect him just to turn out to be this young player that just loses his poise against the Pokes because that's not going to happen. I expect that quarterback to come out and be very similar to what he did against Minnesota. Yeah, uh, there's that. And you know, this, they've asked him, the, the reporters asked him how uh, he thought CSU would be different this time from last year's game. Well, they're able to move the ball through the air. You know, uh, Coach Bobo coached quarterbacks and was offensive coordinator at Georgia for several years. And, you know, he's had some really good quarterbacks. And I know that they were uh, trying to find their way as far as in the passing game. And so... Um, I think they've got a, a formidable passing game now. And so we've got to <clears throat> uh, be prepared for that. And like I said, they, anytime you get a quarterback in the game that it can make plays, 
there's a certain spark that it sends through the rest of the offensive football team and the defensive football team. We've seen that with Josh. I mean, Josh can do some pretty special things that energizes a football team. And all the players on the field are important. But to say that uh, all the players have the same role, that there's a reason why those NFL quarterbacks are the guys that, that you know, are making a big difference. And so when you have a quarterback that's making plays, that makes a big difference to your whole football team. And I think they found a freshman that is not playing like a freshman. So there was Bowles' take on that. So uh, there's going to be some challenges. Um, uh, this CSU team is um, improving, like Wyoming is. They're 2-2. Two and two. And so um, we might be in for um, a real dogfight. Yeah, I'm expecting a very big dogfight. I do expect a closer game. The last three meetings for CSU pretty much uh, had their – over Wyoming, beat Wyoming good. I'm expecting this to be a lot more competitive game, and it may come down to the last couple possessions, who gets a turnover, you know, who makes a play, a call, that type of game. Because I really do think the Cowboys are going to come out ready to play. I saw three good quarters against Nebraska. I've seen them play some good football this year, so I know this team's capable of, of being a good football team, especially if they're focused and ready to go, and I can't see why they wouldn't be focused and ready to go for a rival like Colorado State, and I'm expecting, a, like you said, a dogfight on Saturday. Now, Bo was talking about, or they had asked him, he's already played them twice in his career at Wyoming. Uh, both of the games did not come out very well, and uh, he was asked about that. Well, you know, each year we've, we've really had a, a difficult time. The, the first year we played them uh, in Fort Collins, I mean, I think the game was over well before halftime. Uh, we were chasing points. We came up with a couple scores late. Last year, it wasn't so much the score was way out of whack. It was we got took to the woodshed physically. And our approach is, one, uh, you know, our guys have paid the price in the offseason. We're more physical. We put on some lean muscle mass. We have more players. Um, and then the next thing is is to, to execute better. And uh, then – the, the, the next step is to be able to be in position to where we have a chance to make plays. The things we talked about, getting a running game going, uh, taking care of the football. And, you know, there, there's disappointing things that our defense has done last week. Obviously, we gave up 500 yards. Uh, when uh, EMU got the ball on the 50-yard line, we need to come up with a stop. Those are things that you take the next step forward. In the midst of all that, you know, we pick off somebody four times. I thought there were some good plays by our secondary, and that had been somewhat of an Achilles heel early in the year. And so to come up with four picks and to score twice on defense, I think there's some good things that are emerging there. And we'll need to have that take another step forward. He's right there. I think the team needs to build on that. Uh, we need to see more takeovers, uh, turn, uh, turnovers in Wyoming's favor, and especially uh, turnovers that run uh, – that uh, evolve uh, scoring. Uh, so that, I think, is going to be a big factor. I think that's a positive uh, to take away out of Friday. Is For the first time in a long time, Wyoming made some big plays with interceptions and touchdowns. And maybe this is something that this program will continue to go forward as, a, as it goes forward in its building process. And who knows, we might see a few of these on Saturday. 
I hope so. I hope so. And now, hey, Bowen was also asked about coming off a loss against EMU and then going and having to play a rival. What sort of effect would that could that have? No, I think it does, Robert. You know, players uh, recognize uh, uh, the enjoyment of playing a rivalry game. And uh, so, you know, there's every game's important, but there's always, you know, you circle a couple games on your schedule, and this is a big game. And so I think our players uh, recognize that and uh, recognize the importance of, of going down and representing our school and, and uh, playing in this great game. So... Uh... I think the team recognizes this. Uh, we're going to have a conversation a little bit later in the show uh, with Chase Rolier, who talks about um, having to teach the younger players about the rivalry since he's been, uh, you know, he's a senior. He's been around a long time. And so um, maybe some of them don't understand it going into it, but uh, certainly need to help them get mentally prepared for it. I think having a rival game after that disappointment on Friday and having eight days to get ready, you do have that extra day, I think, can come in and play a little bit. Uh, it's a good time to have this rivalry game so Wyoming can get refocused. But I don't really think it's an issue with this team because there's so much football to be played. There's still an entire conference uh, schedule ahead. So when I hear fans say that you know this Eastern Michigan game could be the end of the road, I think it's a little premature to say that because there's still so much football left in the season and so much to be gained by the season. Well, that's true. And and you can understand the frustration and the uh, the frustration and the disappointment in that game, you know, and a lot of people just really wanted to jump off the wagon, jump off the cliff. And uh, really, uh, they're really not in a bad situation they're still 0-0 in the conference and uh, they've got two games under their belt so they need four more wins to get bowl eligible so there's a lot of uh, things to play for here and uh, a lot of uh, incentive uh, not to chuck it out so I don't think it uh, the fans need well I can't speak for the fans but myself personally I'm not uh, in any way uh, overly disappointed or discouraged. Uh, now, Bowl was asked about that uh, as, as, as if this uh, defeat had put the team on a crossroads. Certainly a mindset as a football team is something you, as a head coach, uh, always have to be mindful of. Uh, to say that you've got your finger exactly on it, um, I think the better you're in tune with your with your team, uh, the better pulse that you're going to have. I meet regularly with our captains. I, uh, I had breakfast with our players this morning, uh, trying to get. A, they're disappointed, uh, but it's it's important for us. Uh, and I'm convinced that you'll see a team that's going to bounce back and give a great effort this week. And so, a crossroads uh, to say where a crossroad is at. I think that's like hitting a little bit of a moving target. Uh, some people say, okay, you're two and two. I know this is we're just getting started in conference play. I also know this last year. Now, I know it's last year, but last year at this time, Dino, we were 0 and 4. We were 0 and 4. We're 2 and 2. We got a lot to play for. And uh, there's a lot of positive things. We're going to build on those positive things. Well said, Coach. Uh, going to build on it. And uh, there's a lot of positive things out there. So uh, I'm. Uh 
quite prepared for this game uh, <laughs> as much as a fan can be prepared for it. And I really think the team's going to be prepared for it. I do. I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I really do think the Cowboys are going to be as prepared for this, this game as they've been in this last few years. I just think physically this team is better. Athletically, they're better. they more big play capability. The quarterback has a lot more capability to make big plays in the last two years against CSU, and we are physically bigger football teams. I think that gap has narrowed with CSU quite a bit. Now it's just about going out on the field, executing on Saturday. Hope we get some breaks, because games like this, you need a few breaks, a few calls perhaps, a few turnovers. But it should be an exciting game game to watch, whether you're there in Hughes Stadium in Fort Collins or at home watching on TV. Well, good. And uh, you're going to the game, I'm assuming? I am. I am. I plan on getting into Fort Collins around five or six and tailgating for a couple hours. And it'll be a late night. Um, I know it's going to be late nights for you again. <laughs> yes. It'll be a late night for me because I'll be back at Denver probably around one thirty or 2 o'clock in the morning. So. Well, I'm going to put on my pajamas before the game starts and then uh, just settle in. Uh, I might even fall asleep in the easy chair and wake up in the morning, you know, <laughs> with the TV still on. Well, it worked last time, uh, Eastern Michigan. So you do whatever you did for that Eastern Michigan game, all right. do it all over again, Okay, we'll yeah. get that victory. Yes, sir. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that. Uh, you know, we um, just to transition here a little bit. Oh, and I wanted to say that you you had mentioned uh, tailgating. We're going to talk to Jim Anest from uh, the Cowboys in Colorado uh, group. And he's going to talk about some tailgating, which I think you're going to be involved in. So um, keep uh, stay in tune and stay tuned for that. But uh, uh, after the uh, press conference, I had a chance to talk to some of the players, and one of the guys I interviewed was Marcus Epps, a guy who got two interceptions, one of them for a pick, pick six. Uh, why don't we listen to that interview? Well, we have Marcus Epps with us. Uh, a cornerback from the University of Wyoming uh, who had a really good game despite the outcome of the game. How you doing, Marcus? Good. How you doing? Uh, as I mentioned, um, you had a really uh, good game and a, and a not-so-good game in the sense that you lost it. You got a pick six, and uh, that is amazing. Uh, have you ever done that before? Um, no, actually, this is my first, uh, first career multi-interception game, so... You know, it was pretty, pretty cool. Was that your first one in uh, college? Um, yeah, and it was, it was my first time with a pick six in college, too, so, yeah. Wow. So, um, I suppose that made you feel pretty good at that point in the game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you've been here three years now. So, what is your assessment now so far, uh, uh, looking back over your time at Wyoming, uh where are you where are you and the team at as opposed to when you started? Uh, I think we're, we're much better, you know, we're much more dedicated and you know, everybody's bought in, so you know, I think we're a much better team now than we were last year and I think we're gonna bounce back from this loss. Well we also uh, I think we're all we all believe that as well. Uh Eastern Michigan proved to be quite a resilient team, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean to still win the game when we had four four picks and and two of them pick sixes. I mean, 
you know, they just kept fighting and they're a good team, so. Well, you played against them last year. Uh, were they much better than last year? Um, yeah, they're definitely a much better team. Uh, you know, watching on film, I actually didn't play last year. I had a concussion, but from watching them on film, they definitely improved a lot from last year, too. So they're a pretty solid team. Well, uh, I guess we just put that one in the books. I mean, uh, it, uh, you've learned some lessons. You guys, you and your guys have learned some lessons. Uh, you've got the big Colorado State game coming up. What are you thinking about that? Uh, we just we want to get the boot back and get to 32. You know, we're um, opening up conference play, so it, it, it's a really huge game. So, you know, we know we have to start conference playoffs strong. And, you know, it's even better that it's against our rivals. So, you know, we really want to bring the boot back. Is it easy to put a, a loss like that out behind you uh, and focus on the focus on the game, especially since it's a rival game? Um, definitely not easy to get over a loss like that, but I think it helps that it was a rival game. You know, you know, no matter who we were playing, I know that this team would come back ready to play, but, you know, I think it gives us a little more of an edge since it's Colorado State. Well, uh, with the... Uh... With the uh, Colorado State game, uh, have you done any? Um, have you seen any film? Are you going to make any kind of adjustments uh, that uh, that you uh, from the uh, Eastern Michigan game to uh, the Colorado State game that you can talk about? I mean, <laughs> um, I actually haven't watched film with the coaches yet, so you know I'm not sure uh, which adjustments we are going to make yet. Well, you haven't seen anything uh, on them, so you don't. You haven't really seen them play yet. Uh, not too much. I mean, I watched I watched some of their game versus Minnesota. You know, that was a close game, and Minnesota is a, a a good Big Ten school. So I know I know Colorado State is a good team, and we're going to have to come prepared. Very good. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm sorry about uh, last week, but let's hope for a better outcome this coming week. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, we'll see you and take care. That was Marcus Epps, uh, a nice young man, uh, quite a pretty good um, cornerback, I think. And especially uh, getting that pick six was very, very, uh, very good, getting Wyoming uh, off to a lead, early lead in the game. That was a big play, and it's really encouraging to see Marcus Epps really uh, elevating his play. Remember, he was a walk-on. Maybe he's an indication of the type of walk-ons that Bo will uh, bring into the program. And now he's a scholarship player. He looks like a scholarship player. He looks like somebody that could be all Mountain West. He's only a sophomore, and he seems to be making some big plays on defense and helping helping that interception game a little ways back there. It looks like he has a bright future, but coming coming in as a walk-on could be a good indication of where some of these players could end up. Yeah, that is something uh, to have a starting role and uh, do some really good things in the game. Uh, that is uh, that is encouraging, and uh, we want to congratulate Marcus on uh, his efforts. Uh, unfortunately, the game didn't come out the right way, but uh, at least uh, we know that uh, we've got a, a really solid young man back there in the uh, secondary. Now, uh, I did talk to another Wyoming Cowboy, uh, Chase Rollier, who is uh, a senior, a man who's been around, a man who's got a lot of um, uh, 
accolades already. He was named uh, on the watch list for the uh, Campbell Trophy, which is a academic uh, trophy, uh, football trophy, which is really, uh, uh, really great. He's an engineering student. He has like a 3.6 uh, grade average, which playing football, being in engineering, and then having that kind of uh, grade point is something else. Why don't we listen to... Uh, uh, my conversation with uh, Chase. Well, we have a uh, senior member of the University of Wyoming football team, both literally and figuratively, and Chase Roulier, who is a uh, center, uh, a starting center at the University of Wyoming. How you doing, Chase? Welcome, uh, welcome to uh, Go Wild Go. I'm good. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, these these times when uh, I talk to players after games, uh, you know, especially in a situation where you didn't win this one's a little tough but uh wanted to ask you um at this at this stage you're four games into it uh, uh despite the loss what are you feeling about the team so far you know uh a two and two start isn't isn't necessarily what we wanted to have especially after the last game we felt like we could have could have come out at three and one um but you know the, the team's still improving um we we didn't have our best game last game, but uh, you know, as the weeks progress, you can definitely see some improvement, um, player to player. You know, um, and we're happy about that. Um, but there's definitely some things we need to need to get going, um, like the run game. Uh, we haven't been very consistent with that game in and game out. Um, you know, we'll have one very uh, like 200 yard game, and then we'll have another that like last week where we don't have Brandon at all. So I think um, staying consistent there is something we really need to work on. Now, do you think that um, uh, teams obviously watch film? So, you know, they come into the uh, uh, Eastern Michigan, looked at the, the Davis uh, tape and uh, saw that uh, uh, Brian Hill and you guys were really doing the run game. Uh, you know they're going to adjust on that. Um, how do you counteract that when you know that somebody's going to really focus on your run game? Um, you know, you got to be able to run when they know you're going to run the ball. Um, Coach Folks always says that, um, especially, you know, when it comes to the end of the game and you're up. Um, teams are going to know you're going to run the ball. And as an offensive line, you got to be able to take pride in just being able to run the ball no matter whether they know exactly what you're doing. Um, you just got to be able to take it to them. Now, you're, uh, you're the senior leader on the line. Uh, I think you have a a freshman to one side of you, uh, a true freshman, and some other younger fellas. Um, what do you do to uh, try to get those guys uh, together and, and, and help lead them? You know, uh, we are still quite young on offensive line, but we do have quite a few guys with a lot of experience. We have Gavin on my left, who is a true freshman. Um, and, then, you know, he's playing the position that I've played for three years now. And so I'm able to help him out where I can, um, whether that be um, just for certain technique things or um, different schemes. Um, but, you know, when you're out on the field, um, there's only so much you can do um, because I can't really watch him exactly what he's doing while I'm doing my, my thing as well. Um, but when he has questions, um, I'm definitely able to give him some input um, when Coach Cooks isn't able um, to do that, such as, like, in between snaps and things like that. But I do my best to try and help the young guys out. 
Well, I'm sure you do, and uh, you are quite the leader, uh, quite the uh, offensive lineman. Now, you did have that trans, uh, uh, you transferred or you moved from the guard position to the center position. How much of a transition was that for you? Um, you, know, you know, it went okay. Um, obviously, I played guard for years, so it was, it was a very comfortable position for me. Um, and moving to center, um, you're actually much closer to the defenders because um, a guard you could back up um, nearly as far as you wanted in a sense um, to get some more leverage on the defenders. But at center, they're, they get to come right up on the ball on you, and so you just got to really be able to um, drop your hits quicker because um, you're so much closer to the defense line. That was probably the biggest transition for me. Um, but, you, you know, I've, I've continued to get better about it every week. Um, it's, it's still in transition, but I feel like I'm getting there. Well, you know, uh, it does point to your versatility. So um, if uh, if there's a chance uh, going to the next level, that certainly couldn't hurt you. Yes, very true. Well, uh, you've got, uh, this is what we fans call Sheep Week. I don't know what you guys yeah. call it. Maybe I shouldn't we ask. Call sheep as well. <laughs> so this is the big one. This is your last one, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, what's the, you've come off a loss, but, I don't know. I, I got the feeling that this might help you guys out. Yeah, you know, obviously going into CFE week, it's a very exciting time. Um, I'm one of the only guys left that's ever had the boot here in the building. Um, so you really just got to emphasize the importance of this game um, to all those young guys that whether they that may, maybe they haven't played in one of these games before. It's, it's very important for us and for the state. Um, so we got to really get that home with the young guys. Um, but, you know, coming off the loss, um, I, I'm hoping that um, we'll be able to bounce back and you guys will just be even more excited to get out there and get a win on Saturday. Well, speaking about coming off a loss, and, of course, you've got the, uh, you've, you're going into this rivalry game. Uh, what, does, uh, what, is, what does senior leadership do? What do you feel like the seniors should do uh, with a team, uh, especially one that doesn't have a lot of experience with this game? Uh, uh, what do you what What do you feel like you have to do to help the team? You know, especially coming into the rivalry, um, this is one of those things where you you kind of have to explain the importance of it. Like I said, um, I, when when it's a new guy coming into a rivalry, they're not necessarily going to know um, any history or any background and things like that. Um, so uh, I think that's one of the main um, areas where you need some leadership there. Um, and other than that, you know, it's just continuing to encourage guys. And, um, you know, after a loss, guys can be down. Um, so you really just got to be able to lift, the, lift those guys up and get them back on their feet and back out onto the field. Well, we certainly hope so. Uh, we have faith in you guys. I know that um, uh, one thing that uh, uh, we've noticed, or at least it's kind of a pattern, is if, if Brian doesn't have a great running day, uh, day one game, the next game he kind of blows up. So I'm really hoping that holds true uh, this week. Yeah, that would definitely be nice. We'll <laughs> definitely do our best to make that happen for him. All righty. Well, super. Hey, I want to thank you again for stopping by and uh, talking with us. And uh, there's wishing you uh, great luck against the uh, hated sheep. Thank you very much. We'll see you. Thank you. Well, that was my conversation with uh, Chase Fouillier. Uh, quite a uh, quite an impressive young man. 
And I believe that uh, he may even have a chance at uh, advancing to the next level. Yeah, he's an articulate, smart, uh, offensive lineman, football player for the Cowboys. And whether he, and I do agree with you, I definitely think he's going to get a shot to be in the NFL, whether he gets drafted, there's a chance he will get drafted, or if he goes as a free agent, if that doesn't work out for him which I do expect that to work out for him. He's definitely going to have a great career um, as an engineer, which is a great major to have. And for him, um, is a great example. Came to Wyoming, not with a lot of accolades recruiting, but has worked himself up to a top-tier offensive lineman. And this is a good path for these younger offensive linemen to follow uh, here in the next couple of years. Definitely. Uh, quite an impressive young man. And I'm glad that we can uh, attract uh, these kind of players, uh, true student athletes, and I mean, uh, I mean that in the best word that he is a true student athlete. Especially, uh, engineering is tough, and uh, to be able to excel at that and to excel at the uh, college football, uh, uh, to to excel at college football is uh, really really impressive. Uh, now yeah, I, I agree. That's a very impressive thing for him to do, engineering and football. I don't know how how he can pull that off, but he definitely has my kudos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tell you. Now, I did have one more um, conversation. Uh, I like uh, trying to get different viewpoints from the team. And uh, I um, asked uh, Cooper uh, Roth to come by, and uh, he did. And uh, we talked with our... Uh, our freshman kicker. So let's listen to that. We have Cooper Roth with us, the kicker for the University of Wyoming, the freshman kicker. Uh, Cooper, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Well, thank you for joining Go Wyo Go. Wanted to talk to you, being that you're a true freshman kicker. Uh, uh, what your experience has been like so far? Uh, I know that uh, you've had some ups and downs, but uh, wanted to ask you where you're uh, right now and. Uh, that time right now has been pretty good. You know, there's definitely a lot of things I can improve on and need to improve on in the speaking aspect of the game. But besides that, my teammates have been great to me. Uh, long snapper Brandon Torelli and even the punter Ethan Wood have been there for me, coaching me up and just keeping me up on the sidelines. And I thought that was been a pretty good friendship I've been building with them. And I think that's just helped me keep my head up on everything and just continue to keep working hard. Well, you, you've uh, been doing pretty good. I mean, you've had some ups and downs like uh... – uh, some kickers uh, have. Um, uh, unfortunately, you had that one block uh, kick uh, against uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, what happened there? Do you know? Oh uh, yeah, I watched the film. It just looked like the guy just got up and got a piece of it. Just because uh, I'm a right half and I had to get it over to the left, and it was a short kick, so I had to get it over fast. And it definitely could have been higher. So that's something I need to work on this week in practice, but. I think it was just the look of the draw. He got a hand on it and it didn't get there. So, yeah, that's what it looked like to me. That uh, he made a um, uh, a pretty luck. Well, I would kind of say a lucky shot. He, he was fortunate to hit it. Um, looked like he had a good uh, good contact with the ball. So, it's just one of those things, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. Well, now uh, you're a true freshman, and so if you kind of think back uh, a year ago, at this time. You were kicking for Longmont, so what's the transition been like from high school to uh, college uh, kicking for you? Um, I think the biggest difference is just trying to stay warm on the sideline. In high school, I played defensive back, and I was pretty much on the field 24-7, but yeah, other than that, I think I'm still trying to figure out you know, the amount of kicks to stay warm on the sideline throughout the game and 
seen the kickoff wide, just had to, I guess, get warm on the sidelines without doing, like, actual reps on the field before beforehand coming onto the field. But, but I think it's just staying warm and being able to just stay focused the whole game throughout when, when I'm not in the game. It has been the biggest change overall. Yeah, I see from your bio that uh, you were a defensive back and uh, had gotten uh, uh, interceptions and all that sort of thing. So I guess it is kind of a transition that you're not in the game all the time now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Still adjusting, but I'm definitely getting used to it. And again, Brandon and Ethan are helping me with that transition, so it's it's been helpful. Well, uh, we really appreciate your efforts. I mean, uh, you're just a freshman, so you've got a lot of uh, time to work on it. Uh, you are uh, uh, doing pretty well. I, uh, what is your percentage right now? Um, right now, I think after the block, that'd be fifty percent. So I think five out of ten. But perfect on extra points, and then kickoff. I don't know the stats for those, but I think the kickoffs are doing pretty good. I think you're at least keeping them deep. Uh, I know you've driven quite a few of them uh, through the end zone, so uh, uh, that that aspect of your game is doing well. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, uh, Cooper, we wanted to thank you for coming by and, and, and talking with us. Um, just wanted to see how you're doing and uh, uh, wishes, uh, good wishes for you. Oh, by the way, and this is this is one that I'd almost uh, let slip by. Uh, you're playing Colorado State, which is your first uh, uh, sheep week, as we usually call it. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, obviously, I think it's a big rival just being here and being from Colorado. I definitely did adapt to that uh, environment before coming here and witnessing a couple games, watching those games develop and just the atmosphere. So it's pretty cool, I think. So just bigger, bigger focus this week and just continue to work hard and practice. And I think the same mentality going into another game and trying to get a win. Now, uh, do you know anybody on the uh, Colorado State team? Uh, I know a couple of their specialists, and then some of the kids, younger age, who are going to be going there next year. But besides that, no one really else. Oh, so you don't have a big, uh, a big rival or an old high school chum uh, on the team? No, uh, no, not not that's playing at least. So. Well, that's all right, but it's still um, uh, you're still facing your guys from Colorado. So I uh, want to wish you luck and uh, keep working at it, and we're all behind you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Take care. Thank you. That's a conversation with uh, Cooper Roth, a uh, fine young man. He was quite the uh, defensive back in high school. I didn't realize that he did both kicking and was a defensive back. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that Coach Bold and the staff, recruiting staff liked about him as an all-around player, which apparently adds the competitive nature uh, of him being a kicker. and something we would likely see blossom here in the future i would assume uh they wouldn't have him on scholarship kicking at this early in the junction unless they didn't think he had some upside he is going through some growing pains right now but hopefully as the season uh, moves forward some of those will get ironed out yeah i mean uh, i wouldn't want to be a kicker that's a uh you're you're either a hero or a, go- <laughs> a goat uh you got a 50 50 chance i think uh every time you go out there uh, but, like being a relief pitcher in baseball. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's like the relief pitcher, you know, and uh, a lot of people think that uh, kickers are a little crazy anyway. But uh, one thing one thing about him being a defensive back, and this this might not be a good thing to, to say, but it, uh, it it's comforting to me, is that um, 
he he's the last line of defense and at least he knows how to tackle and uh be out there so uh, uh there's that it's a very good point i mean we lost a game many years ago to see cu in boulder because the kicker couldn't tackle a down a big kickoff return the against us so those uh tackles late in games or any part of the games can actually pay big dividends and with his uh, background as a defensive secondary player that may come into play someday hope not but uh it's comforting to think that uh he could handle something something like that and if it came down to it okay well i tell you what um i got to talk to tom laycock uh he's given us a recruiting report are you ready to listen to that? Sounds good. Look forward to listening to what Tom has to say. All right, here, let's do it. Well, we have Tom Laycock on the line for another Go IO Go podcast recruiting report. Hello, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing well, Jeff. How about yourself? Well, here we are in Sheep Week, and I was uh, everybody's wondering uh, since we're on the road, what's what's going to go on with recruiting right now? On the recruiting side, I actually had the opportunity to talk with a couple guys this week. Um, one of them is uh, is is very excited about Wyoming. The other one's excited about Wyoming, and we'll be visiting next week to boot. So um, I'll start off with uh, you know we talked about this Nebraska connection that Wyoming's working hard on. And uh, uh, the folks have uh, Patrick Arnold, who's an offensive lineman from Gretna, Nebraska. That's just outside of Omaha, 6'2", 295. Um, he said he's coming out for the Air Force game. He was very excited because he's also coming out with two other Nebraska guys, Chris Walker, uh, another lineman from Lincoln East uh, in Nebraska, as well as Carney's uh, Rudy Stoffer. They'll all be here, which is terrific. Um, you know, three guys that, that, frankly, I've really enjoyed talking to. Uh, since we since we started speaking with them, and three guys who really seem to like the area and they really seem to like what Wyoming's all about. The only thing they're really waiting on at this point is to see whether or not Nebraska comes through with that scholarship offer. Well, you know they're Nebraska guys, so I guess you have to um, have to say, well, that that's typical or that's uh, normal. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a shot at them. Yeah, you know, in, in talking with Arnold, you know he. He kind of made it sound like, uh, you know, he's hoping to find out about Nebraska quickly. Otherwise, he's he's ready for, you know, I got the impression he's ready for Wyoming. So that'll be fantastic if we can get them. Once again, you've got, you know, kind of the the large uh, road grader types that they're trying to pull out. Um, You know, Walker himself is 6'6 and and 270 uh, as an offensive tackle. And and then Stauffer, uh, once again, you've got good size at 6'6, 255. So, uh, they're definitely finding some size and some some big agile guys uh, in Nebraska that they're trying to pull out here. Well, that's great. And again, I've said this before, but the closer you can get quality players to Laramie, I think the better you're off as far as terms of homesickness, in terms of uh, the family coming to see the games. I think it's a, a positive. And we really haven't mined Nebraska all that much lately. I think that's right. And, you know, the other big piece that you get is they understand the winters. Um, and that, that's that's a little thing, but a big thing. Oh, yeah. You get guys from Florida and Texas, and they probably freak out on you. 
Yeah, not all of them, but you know, you certainly understand the uh, the culture shock involved. The other young man I talked to this week was from L.A., a defensive back named Rayshon Rowland, five uh, eleven, one fifty five, just a little guy. Uh, but you look at the numbers, uh, four or five in the 40, you look at his film, and, and he just kind of gets the ball and runs away from everybody. So scholarship offers right now from Wyoming, Dixie State, Kentucky Christian. He's talking to a lot of Big 12. We'll see where any of that goes. Um, you know, I, I spoke with him, and I said, you know, what do you think? And he probably said three or four times, I'm 100% with Wyoming. What they appear to be waiting on is uh, is an ACT, which will be taking October 1st. And I did, get the, I did not get the impressions taken yet. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. The other piece they're waiting for is to get the test score, take the visit, kind of go from there. Uh, but it sounds like he really has a, a terrific relationship with Coach John Richardson, uh, Gordy Howe, and uh, he's, he's talked to the headman a few times as well. Well, California's always been good to us. Uh, seems like we've got uh, a number of California players, don't we? Yeah, you know, certainly a great area for speed, and I know they've been working on it for a few a few years now. To, to really make some inroads in there. Well, very good. So, as I mentioned before, it's Sheep Week. So, uh, did you get a chance to talk to any of your compadres down there from your old days of uh, working down there? I did, in fact. Ryan Krauss, uh, who is with uh, InsideTheRams.com, and I had to give him a hard time about that, uh, uh, about the name of that website. It seemed like, uh, no, never mind. Um Anyway, he was my uh, he was a reporter of mine when I was covering uh, Colorado State for Rivals.com. So he joined us this week for Behind Enemy Lines. So it's great to uh, reconnect with Ryan. So he had he had plenty to say. The biggest thing that came through was uh, this new quarterback, Colin Hill, seems to be someone that they feel that they can build around, despite the fact he is a little bit younger. Um, you know, they talk about size, getting the ball where it needs to go on time seems to be his. Uh, you know, his big strength, and then uh, they also mentioned uh, he also mentioned tailback, kind of a three-headed monster at tailback right now, but a very productive group. So once again, Wyoming's going to have to uh, make sure to plug the running running lanes. Well, Bowl himself mentioned uh, that young freshman quarterback in his presser, uh, saying that um, Colorado State wasn't exactly the same football team they were when they faced CU at the beginning of the year, and with him now in the uh, uh, the mix uh, a lot different kind of team. It is, and sort of surprising given the fact that you know uh, Colin Hill is technically the third string quarterback coming into the season. Um, you know, after after Nick Stevens, who was an all conference type quarterback, and then Santon Balta, uh, who was a Georgia transfer, both got a shot, and then they gave it to him. He's a you know three star kid from South Carolina, and he really uh, played very well. And they think that they can develop develop around him as they develop the program. Well, that's good uh, for them. I hope it's not uh, too good for them, though. <laughs> you hope not. Well, uh, thank you for that report. Um, it is a little short this week, but, uh, you know, it is Sheep Week. And, uh, of course, we have the Air Force game following on, which uh, I'm happy to announce that I'll be coming out for in person. So, uh, Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, come in for homecoming. Um I try to get out there at least one game a year, so this is it. So I'm looking forward to seeing things in person and uh, hopefully talk to some of the uh, uh, Go I.O. Go faithful when I'm out there. Well, that's great. Well, welcome on, Jeff, and uh, we look forward to seeing you when you get out here. Well, great, Tom, and uh, let's get together again and uh, talk Wyoming recruiting next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Tom.
That was a conversation with uh, Tom Laycock. Um, also wanted to make sure that we remind people that that Behind the Enemy Lines article is on the Go Io Go uh, message board right now, right? That is correct. Uh, posted it today. Tom finished up with an interview with Ryan Krause, who's been writing uh, CSU football or following the CSU football program for a few years now. He used to write for the Rivals.com uh, website, Golden Green News, and uh, he does have a good write-up on the CSU Rams. Well, uh, I guess uh, we can kind of stop talking about the sheep. i got to play this one more time. I just can't get enough of that. I'm sorry. I just had to play that one more time. But uh, speaking of Colorado, we've got um, we've got our spies down there. Of course, uh, Jim Anest, uh, who is one of the co-founders of uh, uh, Cowboys in Colorado. Uh, he and I had a conversation today talking about uh, upcoming meetings and uh, tailgates. Why don't we listen to that? Well, we have a special guest with us for this podcast, Mr. Jim Anest, who is one of the co-founders of Cowboys in Colorado. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the Go Io Go podcast. Hi, Jeff. Uh, good afternoon from uh, the West. Out, way out West. Yeah, I tell you, we're a little soaked out here, but uh, uh, there's not a day I, I don't doesn't go by that I check out the weather uh, conditions out there. And some days I think I'm happy to be here, and but a lot of days I'm I'm wishing I were back there. Well, we're having great weather out here today. We're in the low 80s and uh, no humidity, so it's a perfect day. Yeah, oh, yeah. Other than being in other than being in Wyoming, it's a perfect day in Colorado. <laughs> well, a little south of paradise, right? Exactly. Well, uh, about a hundred miles south of the motherland. There you go. There you go. Uh, wanted to uh, call you up. I know this is a little early, but uh, Cowboys in Colorado, you have your um, I think it's quarterly meetings, right? And you have one coming up in about a month. Yes, we do. It'll be at the end of October. Our next meeting is on October 29th, and it's always on Saturday mornings, and it's always at 8 o'clock, and it's always at Johnson's Corner, which most of us here in the area know is on I-25 uh, near uh, the Campion exit, which is exit 254 on Interstate 25, which is generally in the Loveland and, dare I say, Fort Collins area. Oh, that place. Well, yeah, I've I've been by uh, there many, many times as a kid. We've even stopped there and eaten there a few times. Uh, very familiar with it. So I'm sure that anybody who lives in that area would know where it is. You've been very successful in uh, having your events, as we talked last time. So... You're going to do it on the 29th. Now, I guess you haven't quite nailed down the um, guest speaker yet. That's correct. Usually, uh, we know about a week beforehand, but if you check the Go Y.O. Go uh, site, I always try to post on there uh, as a reminder when the next meeting is, where it is, and who our speaker will be. But we've been real fortunate over the last, going into four years now, we've always had very good speakers. The athletic department uh, with the University of Wyoming has been very accommodating 
and we've had excellent speakers that have been there. So uh, we look forward to having another top quality speaker. We're trying to possibly get somebody from the basketball program. As you know, Jeff, we'll be on the eve of the upcoming basketball season by that time in October. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, November is about the time it really kicks off, right? Correct. So we'll be hopefully with a very promising football season and an upcoming basketball season. That will be certainly the talk of the meeting. Well, I hope uh, hope you do get a lot of people out there. You've been uh, pretty successful so far. I mean, generally, how many people usually show up? Well, at our last meeting, I think we had close to 70, and so it was by far our largest meeting. In fact, a couple of people asked, we may very well need to get a bigger room, but for the time being, we're good there. And uh, before I forget, Jeff, I do want to mention that for the CSU game, that Cowboys in Colorado along with Cowboy Joe Club, the Alumni Association, and also Jim's Wings, we're sponsoring the tailgate at the CSU game, which will start at 5.30 on uh, Saturday evening. Super. So there's no charge. It's completely free, and we hope we get a big turnout for the, the tailgate, but also for supporting the Cowboys in the stands. Well, I tell you, the whenever Wyoming has a game down there, they uh, they show up in uh, huge numbers, basketball and football. So I have no doubt there'll be a good representation of Wyoming Cowboy fans there. Well, we wanted to do what we could as far as Cowboys in Colorado by uh, giving people another reason to come up to the game on Saturday night and to cheer on the, the Pokes. Well, super. I'm glad uh, glad we got that in there. So now you've got two things to think about. You want to go to the tailgate right before the game, and then on um, the 29th, you're going to have your Cowboys in Colorado program at uh, 8 in the morning. And that's a Saturday, right? That's correct. They're always on Saturday mornings, like I said, 8 o'clock, and always at Johnson's Corner. Well, super. Well, thanks, Jim. I, I really appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we always want to keep all of the, the people informed, particularly those that are down there in that southern region. You know, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of fans down there, and we want to make well, sure we, that they're. We definitely have a great fan base in the Colorado area, a great fan base in northern Colorado, and I expect that with. Uh, all the fans coming down from Wyoming and all of us here in Colorado that will have a great uh, contingent of Wyoming fans in the stands. And it will be just perfect, wouldn't it, Jeff, if on our last game there at Hughes Stadium we take down the, the field and we bring back the boot to Laramie. I tell you what, that would be fantastic. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maintain an optimistic uh, position here, a posture, and say, we will be bringing the boot back. I'm all in on that as well, Jeff. Well, very good. Well, again, thank you, Jim. And uh, let's talk again before uh, the 29th. And uh, let's remind people about the uh, Cowboys in Colorado and any other news that you happen to come on uh, down there in the state down south. Great, Jeff. And thank you so much for your support of uh, everything you do for the Cowboy 
program and uh, for Go Wild Go, I have to tell you, it's a, a feature I look forward to every Friday uh, to listen to. Well, I appreciate that. At least I know somebody's listening out there. At least one, right? Well, I would suspect there's far more than one, but it's been just a great addition to the coverage that we have now for Cowboy Sports. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, Jim. Well, thank you again, and uh, let's talk soon. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. I cut that off a little bit too short there. Um, but that was Jim Inest. Uh, he did, him and his partner does a great job down there and uh, uh, really supporting the Cowboys in that state down south. Yeah, I think his uh, program he got going has really taken off, and, and hopefully as these programs continue to evolve and win, uh, you know, those crowds are going to get bigger. It sounds like he's going to have a, you know, we're going to have a great tailgate in uh, Fort Collins in front of Hughes Stadium on Saturday. And then and hopefully there'll be momentum when the October 29th event happens at Johnson's Corner. Yep. I uh, wish I could come down there uh, and be there, but uh, I'll be there in spirit. And uh, uh, really, uh, really appreciate those guys for doing that. And so, well, Looking at the clock, I mean, we really put we really put some um, uh, we really put some time down here. So I, it's about time that uh, we wrap this thing up. So let me reach over here and get this. And uh, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, there you go. Another Go I Go podcast. This was number eight, by the way. So, uh, Ian, I want to thank you for showing up, and uh, we'll be back here at the same time talking Wyoming sports. Had a little triple overtime of the Go Wild Go podcast tonight. Yeah, well, it uh, we had a lot of good material, and uh, I'm glad that uh, we were able to cover it. So, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we play the song and uh, get ourselves out of here? All right. There you have it. Go I O Go podcast number eight. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. My thanks go out to Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I O Go, and to Tom Laycock for joining us in this episode. Go I.O. Go podcast is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media in cooperation with the Go I.O. Go message board. We also want to thank Learfield Sports' Dave Walsh for allowing us to use their game highlights. All rights reserved.